0: Hey there, Converge Nation, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're watching from. I am super excited as we kick off a brand new sermon series that we're calling "Verses, He Said, She Said, and the Truth. In fact, we're, we're super excited because every year in the month of February, we take time out to dive into God's word and have some honest, candid conversations about relationships. And this year is no different. In fact, Pastor Wendy, tell us a little bit about what your thoughts are, what your expectations are for this sermon series.
1: Well, my thoughts for the sermon series um, would just be to help equip Mm. people um, with just information and knowledge. Mm. And It seems like a lot of times when we start talking about relationships, it seems like we lean more to the conflict side. Mm. And I don't think that that's really the approach we want to take this time around. It's more like this is how you do it. But because we're deciding to be in relationship, conflict is inevitable. Conflict is
0: inevitable. Absolutely. Yes.
1: And that isn't a quote that I've come up with. Mm heard that years and years ago and for a person like myself who does not like conflict or who viewed conflict as something negative or an automatic destroyer of a relationship i think this series gives us an opportunity to better equip people i was a person i grew up and thought nobody ever told this to me but i just thought that as long as there was no conflict, no mm. argument, then everything was good. Mm. And as soon as there was conflict, I automatically assumed that the relationship was severed. Right. And so I'm excited to be able to equip people because I think it's something that, uh, it's a, a subject that is inexhaustible, really that we is. can always learn, and it's transferable. Mm. Though we will be talking mainly in the context of, male, female, dating, singleness, marriage relationships, the tools that we want to present, they can also be applicable to uh, boss employee relationships, dealing with your neighbors, other family members. So it is exciting as we were studying, I learned a few things. And so I'm, I'm glad that we're doing this again. I'm glad we're, we can send it out all over the world, and hopefully people can add more tools to their toolbox to have healthy, thriving
0: relationships. Absolutely. And listen, we're, we're going to dive in here momentarily. Before we do that, let me just reiterate everything Pastor Wendy said. Our prayer, our hope for you and for this series is that we will give you the tools that you need, the resources that you need to experience uh, fulfillment. Fulfillment in all of your interpersonal relationships, and like Pastor Wendy said, the principles we're going to share are transferable. They will impact all of your interpersonal relationships, not just your marriage, not just your dating uh, relationships, but also your relationship with coworkers, family members, loved ones, neighbors, etc., etc., etc. Now, let me just uh, give you a little bit of a foundation on this series. We have borrowed from pop culture. Uh, for those of you who follow trends in pop culture, you know that during the pandemic, Swiss Beats and Timbaland. Swiss Beats is uh, Alicia Keys' husband and and just a a, a uh, an extremely popular, well-celebrated, and success, successful producer, as well as Timbaland, came together with this idea that we're gonna pit these celebrities against each other, not necessarily in conflict, but really lighthearted, and they're just gonna, man, go through a list of their, their greatest hits for the fans to enjoy. You guys probably remember that the very first versus battle, V-E-R-Z-U-Z, was Babyface and Teddy Riley. <laughs> and you guys remember the Teddy Riley debacle. It was, man, I mean, meme after meme after meme. And uh, But since then, there have been several amazing versus battles. But well, we thought we would borrow from uh, this pop culture trend uh, to communicate a timeless principle that we find in God's Word, or the timeless principles that we find in God's Word as it relates to marriages and relationships. And what we've discovered, uh, what we've discovered is that typically... Uh, men and women differ about a lot of things, right? We differ in our approach. We differ in our perspectives. We differ in the way we see things. And this was just an opportunity to acknowledge and also celebrate our differences, our different opinions, but ultimately to land on the truth of God's word.
1: Yes, and I like um, that you pointed out um, one key thing is not that we just have differences, but it is our approach. Mm. And I think that yeah. is so important. I was reading something in a daily um, devotional by a, a young lady named Erin Marie Waller. Mm. And she uh, was talking about being in college and going to internship. And we're talking about the approach of things, I think, uh, where we can find conflict, disharmony, um, roadblocks in relationships has a lot to do with our approach, but our approach has a lot to do with our history. And so Erin Marie Waller was talking about uh, going to an internship and she had two friends in college that had an opportunity, were accepted to go to an internship in Spain. One friend all through high school and college had taken spanish classes Mm. another friend grew up in south florida and had learned to speak spanish from the other kids in her neighborhood just from their culture right and so erin marie waller presents a question she says when my friends got to spain who do you think was more successful Mm. the one who had taken the classes or the the young lady who had learned spanish from her friends well, I immediately thought, oh, surely the young lady from South Florida, because it's more conversational, she, you know, she could just, you know, flow a little more, Right, right. but I was so wrong. Mm. And what Erin Marie Waller pointed out is that the young lady that had been to South Florida had actually picked up the dialect mm. of the area wow. and wow. she defined dialect as this. She said, um, dialect, it's a form of language specific to a local group or region. Wow. So when the young lady from from South Florida got to Spain, it was difficult, number one, for her to communicate. Mm. And it was also difficult for her to understand because of the dialect she had picked Mm. up. And when I read that, I thought about the series that we're doing. And I think in relationships, Mm -hmm. because of the region, the history, the family background, that it is difficult, one, for us to communicate because of our relational dialect, what we've been exposed to. And I think it's also difficult for us to understand where the other person is coming from. Now, the young lady that had been taking spanish classes in school there was a formality there is a uniformity Mm. there even though taking spanish classes and being in spain i'm sure there were some differences but there was a more uniform uh way of communication that made it easier for her and i think that's what god's word does for us Mm -hmm. is if we meet on god in god's words in relationships and with his principles, that it gives us um, not a guarantee for no conflict, mm-hmm. but it gives us an even level, uniform ground to stand on. So and good. from there, we can say, okay, well, I need to change this here or help me to understand this there in relationships. So I just thought that that was. An excellent, excellent, um, transferable story to our series is that the things you're from West Africa, right? I'm right. from Ypsilanti, Michigan. Mm. So, we have a dialect that we brought to our relationship that isn't just gender specific, right? It is cultural, mm-hmm. local. Uh, there are so many dynamics right. that we have. Because we could meet on God's Word, I think that as we're approaching 21 Mm. years of marriage, that has helped us. It didn't make us exempt from conflict, but when there was conflict, we had the footing of Mm. God's Word, Mm. of walking in love, of seeking to understand, of getting help from wise counsel. That has been the glue that has held us together because of the uniformity of god's word yeah. that we were able we've been able to make it by his grace this long and mm-hmm. so i think if we can transfer the the story of the girls speaking spanish one being in classes one being from south florida going to spain naturally i'm thinking oh the girl from south florida but not realizing right that oh that there is a standard a uniformity that will help us to thrive and succeed right. that I think sometimes we don't take into account in relationships and we just think, well, this is how I see it mm-hmm. and that's how it's going to be. Right. Or you can, you know, I'm not, I know that there is a big push for feminism. I'm all about girl power, but not in replacement to God's right. word. Absolutely. And so I think that culture provides some dialect Mm -hmm. for the believers Mm -hmm. uh, when that dialect from culture starts to seep in to what God's standard is I think that that's where we have the verses now you said something that was kind of like a natural teachable correlation the first verses didn't go well.
0: It was a disaster, at least from Teddy (laughs) Riley's side of things.
1: And I think that's how it is in relationships. Mm -hmm. We can look back on our history and think that first go around, whether it was somebody we played with on the playground, or Mm -hmm. if it was that first boyfriend, or or a girlfriend, or whatever. And
0: sometimes it's circumstances beyond our control.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Because that's what Teddy Riley faced. Circumstances beyond his control, Mm -hmm. not really being equipped Right. In that moment, yeah. at game time, to have the resources to how
0: to troubleshoot, right. and
1: so here it is on display. He was
0: doing the most, though, he? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, he was being extra, man.
1: Yeah, and that—if we can all be oh, that. Lord. When there, when there's conflict, when things aren't going our way, yeah, we can be extra. That is true. We don't really know what to do, and so yeah. we just start, uh-oh, wiling out, and right. then it's just like, yeah. now it provides a lot of means. Take oh, Riley, right. if you're watching this, we're not throwing any shade, but no we're shade. able to use this as a teachable moment. And I think we can look at that and think, oh, my goodness, When have I just done the most in a relationship because of my pride, because of shame, because of hurt feelings, because in the moment, I really didn't know what to do. And I just rolled with the flow of the disaster, the avalanche of things that were happening. And I added to it when uh, now that verses have been around for a year and a half now, people are able to better equip themselves right. and use that as, hmm, I don't want to be in a situation where things just fall apart. Right. What right. do I need to do? Who do I need to hire? Who, Whose help can I enlist right. to ensure my success? And
0: sometimes in healthy relationships, I think even the lesson we learned from this misstep and this mistake with Teddy Riley is that honestly, sometimes in communication... Mm-hmm healthy communication and healthy relationships is sometimes less is more. Uh, all Babyface brought to that versus battle was his keyboard and a guitar. Uh, and I think sometimes we try to overcompensate mm-hmm. and we think that if we have the full band and the DJ and, a, and an entire production, and sometimes that's what we make marriage. Sometimes mm-hmm. that's what we make conflict. We make it a production instead of getting to the simplicity of, of why we're really not on the same page to begin with. And and so I think what you said was so profound. It wasn't only profound, I think it's prophetic for everyone who's watching. And and I think what God wants us to deal with, maybe even to acknowledge and recognize in our own lives is the dialects that we bring to our relationships. Listen, when you were sharing that story, what what I thought was, wow, uh, speaking of languages, what may be true in South Florida may not necessarily be true in Spain. Hmm. Yes. And a lot of times we bring that attitude to our relationships. Well, this is the way I've always heard it. This is the way we've always done it. It must be Right. And that's one of the reasons we walk Converge Church through this progression, right? That your environment will determine what you're exposed to. What you're exposed to will determine your experiences. And your experiences ultimately become your expectations, your expectations of yourself, your expectations of others, even your expectations of God. So this is what we want to do, right? We want to acknowledge, you know what? I may have a unique dialect, That I've brought to this relationship, and now I'm being exposed to other dialects that differ from mine. And the truth is, Abraham Maslow, the father of modern psychology, said it this way If all you have in your hand is a hammer, everything will look like a nail. And so we're bringing hammer solutions to issues and challenges in our relationships, in our communication that really require a screwdriver, that require a wrench, and we're trying to figure out why isn't this working. As part of this series, what we're going to do is we're going to add some tools to your toolbox so that you're not stuck with one dialect. In fact, when we were doing our research, we came across this funny video called The Marriage Translators that will help drive this point home. Watch this video and we will be right back. We need to talk. You've done something wrong.
2: Okay, I'm toast.
0: Now I'm not upset. I'm upset. I'm just kind of surprised. I'm a ticking time bomb of
2: volcanic fury. Because you forgot about yesterday? Because you are a moron of epic
0: proportions. Yesterday, yesterday... I'm yes. toast. Yesterday was the 15th anniversary of our first official date. Oh, that's
2: right, I remember. I have no memory of that. Do I need to get some flowers or
0: something? No. Yes. Are you sure? Yes. No. Are
2: you mad? No.
0: Yes. You'll remember next year.
2: I will. I won't.
1: So how do you like the casserole?
2: It's, uh... It's a new flavor.
1: Tastes like the devil ate a skunk sandwich and vomited in my mouth.
0: That's my mom's favorite recipe. I grew up on that. Might as well slap my mother in the face. You know I would never do that. You know I think your mother's wonderful. Actually, I think your mother's a...
2: So? Wanna have sex? How was your day? Want to have sex?
1: Exhausting. Don't even think about it, you sex maniac.
0: Exhausting, huh? Want to have sex? Exhausting. I'd rather rub broken glass in my eyes. Do you want to cuddle? Want to cuddle for two seconds, then have sex?
2: My head hurts. You lay one finger on me, and I'll beat you with this lamp, you filthy McNasty.
0: Okay. Good night.
1: How about now? You want to have sex now?
0: Alrighty. So (laughs) there you have it. Listen, if we're honest with ourselves, uh, those exchanges Mm -hmm. look pretty familiar.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. In fact, you've probably had some of those exact same conversations and you felt helpless and you wish that there was someone who could speak fluent spouse. Mm -hmm. And our hope is as we look to God's word over the next several weeks, Mm -hmm. we will learn to maybe set aside our dialect and learn how to speak fluent spouse as we look to God's word together. Remember, it's he he said, she said, and the truth.
1: And not just spouse, but even in any relationship, you may be single right now. You may be single and desire to be married, or you may be single and you're satisfied and you don't desire to be married. Mm. But just in relationships, and I think the video gave us a clear picture of what's going on. Number one, the communication, what is being said is not being understood. What is being communicated isn't always what's going on on the inside. So there are-
0: Huge. Stop there and talk about that for a second because thats I think that's one of the the things that was really telling, at Mm -hmm. least for me, I think for both of us Mm -hmm. watching the video back was- Neither party was willing to say what they were really thinking or feeling. Unfortunately, in relationships, sometimes we say things and then we leave it up to the hearer, the receiver to interpret Mm -hmm. and translate, listen, what we are unwilling to say. And it's almost like, well, you heard what I said. You should know what that means. And unfortunately, there are times in relationships because we don't give others the permission to speak freely, they end up dancing around the subject, dancing around the truth, and then there's this awkward dance where we never really say what. We mean. I heard Jimmy Evans say this years ago, and it's become a part of our language and part of the culture of our marriage, but also the culture of Converged Church, where Jimmy Evans says, truth without grace is mean. Grace without truth is meaningless. Let's think about that for a second, right? Because that's what happens in the, what, or at least happened in the video, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they were Uh, Saying words that were grace-filled, but they were void of truth, Mm -hmm. and so it was really meaningless, right? right? Right. And so we have to find this balance in our communication between truth, speaking the truth in love, Ephesians 4, Mm -hmm. or Ephesians 3, Ephesians 4, and also... Uh, being gracious yeah. and allowing our speech to be seasoned with salt, Colossians 4, so that we might know how to answer everyone. So I think uh, this series over the next several weeks is going to be a game changer.
1: Correct. There are so many things that like um, uh, you just mentioned that in relationships sometimes, mm-hmm. um, whether it's through hostility, you didn't use this word, mm-hmm. but sometimes... We don't allow people the opportunity or the permission to speak freely and so they tap dance around. Mm -hmm. And I think it it is that awkward dance because I think that there is a maturity that we've got to grow in in and tell the truth. Good. Period. And because of God's word and I think that's where in... uh, The the, truth in love. The truth in love. And that's where we can meet in God's word. I think sometimes that because we aren't um, sticking to the, the playbook mm-hmm. is that God's word gets lost. Mm-hmm. So for instance, the situation with the couple when they were in the bed in the video right. and the husband wants to be intimate and the wife is exhausted. Right. That is an opportunity for there to be a graceful exchange. Absolutely. There's something that he's really wanting to be intimate in that time and she is exhausted. In God's word, we see that why submitting yourself to your own husbands, And so it could have been a situation where she's like, look, you know what? I'm not really up to this, but I'm going to sacrifice it. You know, <laughs> you got a few minutes to come on and let's be done. Come on, let's and get so, that quickie in. Yes. Come on, somebody. And so, you know, and please forgive us if, if you've got your children, you know, watching this is, in marriage situations and then the Mm -hmm. grace for him to understand oh you're tired well you know i know it's wednesday night but hey friday night let's go out to dinner so then you are rested and we can Mm -hmm. come home Mm -hmm. and then we can come together and so there needs to be more communication
0: right right
1: and then there needs to be the truth and not we don't as uh women as wives you don't want to put our husbands in positions where they're begging and also we don't want the hundred- It should
0: not be a bargaining too. No Come it on, somebody. should
1: not be. And but it has to be grace. And I think that even with him understanding the the extended communication could be, okay, let's set a time mm-hmm. when you're not exhausted because that if we what happens most of the time is what we see in the video. Right. His needs aren't being met. Mm-hmm. She is exhausted. She's Mm -hmm. not realizing that she's not meeting needs. That puts a little nick in his heart. She's feeling like, well, you can't understand that I'm exhausted. And then it becomes this tug of war when she wasn't using intimacy as a bargaining tool. She was legitimately Legitimately exhausted, exhausted. But he legitimately wanted to be connected to his wife. And a lot of times it's not just... About the physical act, I think we blame men mm-hmm. sometimes, or it's only about the physical act. And I think a lot of times that can be true, but there is a comfort that comes with that level of intimacy. We want to, we, we want to be held too. Yeah.
0: come on, baby, hold me. Hmm. You're, at, <clears throat> excuse <laughs> me, you are absolutely right, Pastor Wendy, and we, we, we're going to dive into. Uh, today's content, everything we just shared was the introduction to the series. We're priming the pump, uh, setting expectations for what you can expect over the next several weeks. But I just want to piggyback off of something you said, uh, because this is Ephesians 5, right? So long before, or just before, Paul addresses the man's responsibility in the marriage, which is husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church, which is a tall, tall, tall order, right? Uh, and just before he addresses the, the wives to honor and respect their husbands, Paul says that we ought to submit ourselves one to another out of reverence for Christ. So in marriage, right, it's not about the woman being submitted and, and, and surrendered exclusively to the needs of the man. No, in marriage, there is a mutual submission, And that mutual submission, right, is addressed in the fact that, you know what? I have needs. I have a desire for physical intimacy in this moment, but my wife wife is legitimately exhausted. Vice versa, mutual submission. The wife says, I am physically exhausted but my husband has a need now, and uh, out of mutual submission, I will honor that need. And, and so couples then have to communicate, right. right? It's not a one-way street, right? It is about give and take. You give a little, you take a little, and communicating effectively around those needs and those differences, which I think is absolutely huge. But in marriage, it is critically important that, not just in marriage, in all relationships, that like the military, a superior officer would give uh, a subordinate uh, officer permission to speak freely. And and we have to create these uh, environments in our relationships where uh, uh, individuals who uh, are engaged or have an opportunity or when conflict arises that they can speak the truth. And one of the things we say here at Converge is the truth may hurt, but it will never harm. One
1: thing that I've learned about...
0: Um... Let me finish I thought real oh, quick. The truth may hurt, but it'll never harm. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, the truth heals. I learned this principle going to the chiropractor. I had an accident, car accident in 2013 Whenever I went to the chiropractor, those adjustments, right, hurt. They were painful. But none of what he did harmed. Even though it hurt, even though it was painful, it didn't harm. It didn't harm me physically. And ultimately, those things that hurt initially, that were painful initially, The adjustments to my neck and my back and my neck and my back that were painful ultimately brought healing and wholeness to me. The truth is the same. It is a two-edged sword. It will hurt sometimes, not all the time. It will hurt sometimes going in two-edged sword, but it will always heal going out. And that's why it can't be relegated and reserved exclusively to what he said. That's my opinion. Mm-hmm. To what she said, that's her perspective. We have to choose to land on the truth of God's word, which is, which is immutable, which is unchanging.
1: And what I was going to say, excuse me for interrupting, mm-hmm. is what helps us land on the truth I have learned is instead of presumption. That's one thing we need to lay down, mm-hmm. presuming, right. as assigning intent to Oh, people. that's
0: huge. Like saying
1: again, if we go back to the couple uh, being in the bed, and he could say, "Well, she just is always acting like that, or mm-hmm. she's just, you know, assigning intent. She just doesn't want to be bothered with me, or it's always like this." Yeah. Uh, and or she could just be like, "Well, he doesn't ever understand." And the healthy communication part, number one, I had to learn is to lay down my presumption, presuming Ooh. I know the other person's intent or I know what's going on. I believe that that's a dialect that I picked up Ooh. from um, how I grew up. Ooh. You know, we I would talk with other little girls and we would just be like oh, well, you know how she is, and you know how he is, and we didn't really know, but we will be assigning, we will be presuming right. that we knew.
0: Making assumptions, Making right? Making assumptions. Assigning intent yes. to something. And, and I think when we don't communicate, right, and we don't ask questions, and we fear dialogue, it actually makes room, it creates an opening for assumptions. It opens the door for presumption. And we walk away telling ourselves stories that may not necessarily be true.
1: Right. And so what helped our me our inner script. Our inner script. Right. What has helped me is number one is lay down presumption, assumption, and assigning intent. That's so that good. was something that helped me personally. The next thing I learned to do was to begin to ask questions. Huge. And that would be for me um my kind of key phrase is help me to understand Mm -hmm. now when i first started using that it would be like well help me to understand Mm -hmm. well you know just tell me something (laughs) different i think that was my underlying tell me something different Mm -hmm. but i've matured and so when i say help me to understand I now am really honestly seeking to understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a conflict with the kids on kitchen duty, and so they're bickering and fighting. I don't want the bickering and fighting because I think I'm more tired than anybody in the house because I've cooked and grocery shopped and washed the dishes and all of this. So they're bickering. I don't want to hear the bickering, and I'm fussing and I'm like, y'all both gonna clean the kitchen. It's not gonna be anybody's time because I told you that I'm just. Blah, 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 blah. And I said, help me to understand why you are bickering. And when they began to explain, the bickering was their way of working through the conflict. It really wasn't bickering and arguing. They were just trying to settle it. And it was just a brother and sister situation. So when I said, help me to understand, even though I jumped in and I used my mama authority and I fussed, When I said help me to understand and they began to explain, I ended up having to back up a little bit because when I said help me to understand and it was explained, Mm. what they were trying to do is not create conflict and they were actually bickering through to the other side, you've got to do this, I've got to do this, I just heard the bickering and assumed... That they're bickering, there's somebody's trying to get out of their duties, and I'm tired. And because you know, when you make red beans and rice, it's a long <laughs> all day situation, and so I had soaked these beans and I've been chopping veggies and all this kind of stuff, and I'm just really ready to sit down. But when I because I've trained myself to lay, I'm not always successful, I wasn't successful in the and Levi's conflict, I just Assume that they were arguing for argument's sake, being brothers and sisters. When I said, help me to understand why you're going through this. And when they explained, I had to walk it back. Now, I kept my word. Both of them did have to clean up the kitchen. But it helped me to de-escalate myself. And it was a teachable moment for us all. I didn't follow my own learned lessons mm-hmm. and I assumed presume that they were just arguing just to be arguing. Yeah. When I asked the question help me to understand and they explained I realized that they were doing what we've taught them to do. It was some conflict but they were working toward resolution. Exactly. And I think that is something that we have to do in telling the truth and in communicating we have to ask And not in a nasty attitude. Well, help me to understand. Just tell me, since you know so much, and then we not want to listen. We really have, well, help me to understand why this happened, or help me to understand why you said that. Mm. And when people can give you an answer, it gives you a different perspective, something that you may not have ever considered. And I learned to do that um, at church leading teams, because in a situation with leading teams, I love the team members. And there was a situation and I said, well, help me to understand why this happened or why this didn't happen. And when it was explained, I was doing that because I didn't want to seem like a boss or a negative leader. Mm -hmm. And so I learned in that moment when I said help me to understand, it was because I wanted to be gentle. I wanted to be soft. I wanted them to feel loved. And I think in very familiar, comfortable relationships, we don't approach it the same way. I approached this particular situation gently yeah. because I wanted them to feel safe and loved. And I learned with the kids' conflict, I didn't approach gently. Mm. I'm still learning. But I think... if Can we... I just
0: jump in there real quick? Well, I have this thought... And... I apologize for interrupting, but I don't want to lose this thought, right? Again, we're saying that we're giving you tools to add to your toolbox, right? So you don't have one response to every situation that arises in your relationships, right? It's a lot like my big fat Greek wedding. Uh, His only response to everything was Windex. A lot of times in relationships, we have our default setting and that becomes The only two we have to resolve conflict. But just this thought came to me when you're talking about what happened with uh, uh, Nia and Levi, Mm -hmm. uh, that it seemed like they were arguing, right, for argument's sake. And the truth is, if you're in a conflict type situation right now, uh, you may not necessarily be in crisis. You could be under construction.
1: Right. Right? Mm -hmm. Because
0: when something is under construction... Uh, when the construction starts, and especially halfway through the construction process, it looks like a hot mm-hmm. mess. But the temporary inconvenience of having to dig up that road and dig up the asphalt and break stuff ultimately improves the quality of the road. It includes the quality of the home if you're doing a a, a a home improvement project or renovation. And sometimes, if we're not careful, we will think that because we're in conflict or working through conflict, oh Lord, our relationship is in crisis. Mm-hmm. When it's really not crisis, you're just under construction. And when you're under construction, it can be very messy. But that's a question every relationship, every person in a relationship has to ask, okay, are we under construction or at this point, are we in crisis? Uh, Here's the second thing that you said, right? The, The tools that you've given us, right? One is remove assumptions and presumption. And the way you do that is you ask questions. So when you ask Nia and Levi, hey, what's going on? It brought clarity. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think when it comes to, to, to asking questions, one of the tools that we need to add to every interpersonal relationship that we have is the tool of active listening, Yes, mm-hmm. active listening. So the scripture says in James chapter one, uh, be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. All right, so so notice the progression. Be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. If I listen before I talk, all right, it will put the brakes on my wrath. on my anger. A lot of times we speak, we're quick to speak, slow to hear, and therefore we're quick to wrath or quick to anger. So active listening is listening to understand, not to respond. Most times, the way we listen, our dialect, Mm -hmm. our listening dialect, our listening filter is, well, I hear what you're saying, but I got a response for that. When the truth is, the truth that we need to land on, regardless of your dialect, regardless of the he said or the she said or what you learned regardless of your environment your exposure your expect your your experiences and your expectations the truth of God's word is add active listening to your toolbox be quick to hear slow to speak and therefore as a result as a consequence of that sequence and that order you will be slow to wrath yes
1: and once you get to that part, so laying aside presumptions, assumptions, asking questions, and then I think, and we're going to explore this later on in the series, we have to communicate what we need. Very good. Sometimes, as a parent, there, what I need, I have expectations. In every relationship you're you're in, you might not be able to put expectations, but you can, in a healthy way, communicate what you need. So I had gotten everything out of order. I heard Nia and Levi bickering, so I just jumped in and shut it down because I didn't want to hear it. Everybody has a role. I was assuming that we were in the same history pattern where one is trying to get out of Mm -hmm. doing their duty or one is trying to boss the other. And so I just jumped in. Mm. Then I asked questions. Mm. I jumped in angry. So I went in angry. Mm. I jumped in. I wasn't hot. Yeah, I came in hot. Minio playing in the background. I came in hot. And then because I've trained myself, that was kind of out of order for me. So then Mm -hmm. I had to start readjusting. Because the goal in any conflict, especially with my children, is not for me to be right, not for me to be the boss of them. Mm. I am always trying to move them to healthy communication Very good. because I was afraid of conflict. Now, I don't want them, I know that they're going to argue, boy, girl, she's 18, he's 12, I know that there's going to be conflict, but after working through my presumption what I assumed was just an argument, asking the questions, then I had to communicate what I needed. So I went back, I said, well, I apologize for jumping all over you all. What I need you to do is, so-and-so, you can't, you're not the boss of anybody else. You just worry about yourself. So-and-so, you need to do what you're supposed to do without somebody telling you what to do. So I not. I didn't just... Get on them and shut it down just because I could have the authority and lord over them. I communicated what I needed. I expressed, I know you're going to be in conflict. I know you're going to have brother and sister tips. But when it comes to chores and responsibilities, I need you all to approach this a different way. Just get it done. Don't, Don't fuss and bicker. Don't boss. Don't try to weasel out. We all are doing our part. So laying aside presumption and assumption, uh, asking questions, active listening, and then stating in a loving way, well, this is what I need. This is what I expect. This would help me. A lot of times it's the approach. It would help me if you all weren't always arguing about cleaning up the kitchen. It would help me if... You set your day and time, whatever the expectation is, or whatever you need for it to be harmony. So that's something else that I had to stand on. I had to recognize I am tired. So I ate my dinner, and I told Ray, I'll do the rest tomorrow. And so I had to own where I was emotionally and everything. And then I had to practice what I preach. Okay, this is how we need to do this. I did express to them, I'm not... Thinking that you all aren't ever going to argue again when it comes to this situation, this is what I want. And so as a parent and as spouses, as people in relationships, don't be uh, too prideful not to back yourself up. To simmer down a little bit. Don't be so prideful that you can't apologize. Oh my goodness, I jumped in too quick. I didn't understand my bad, my fault. I'm sorry and always keep in mind the goal. The goal for me was to have harmony in the house. That was the goal and to get that kitchen clean. That was the goal. (laughs) And so the goal is when I'm keeping the goal in mind, okay, the goal is for me, I want to communicate in a healthy way. I want them to communicate with each other in a healthy way. And one of the dialects I had to lay down just from growing up is children not being able to express themselves right, to their right, parents. I sure. grew up in a time, it was never stated in my house, you can't say anything, but I grew up in a time where it was the the, the last part of children being seen and not heard. Right. And so even though we were able to express ourselves uh, more than my mother's generation was, I had to grow, I've had to grow out of that as a parent that these kids ain't going to tell me nothing, you do what I say, and, or you do what I say, that's that's all it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And giving them the space to, okay, what's going on? Even mm-hmm. though I jumped off, I fussed at them first, but giving them, help me to understand what the conflict is, and giving them room, and there was a respectful presentation of right. this is what's going on. Right. And so we're gonna deep dive all of these steps. We will. But those we will. are some steps I just wanted to leave with you. Laying aside presumption and assumption, because
0: that can become a dialect, the way oh, we parent, yes. and, and 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 where uh, parenting is just a one way street. Mm-hmm. You do it because I said so. And, yes. and again, this is part of the culture that, that we we're fostering at Converge Church when it comes to parenting. We we teach parents. Uh, that the ultimate responsibility and the ultimate goal of effective parenting is not compliance, mm-hmm. it is character development. Yeah. I'll say that again. Mm-hmm. The ultimate goal, right? Your yeah. responsibility, your stewardship as a parent, because God owns it all, mm-hmm. including your babies. Uh, we are just stewards of the lives he has entrusted to us. Our ultimate goal. Responsibility as parents is not compliance. Do it because I said so. Even though there there's a time and a place for that, Mm -hmm. ultimately what we want to cultivate, instill, and develop in our children is character, godly, Christ-like character, and that happens when you create environments in your family, in your parenting, for dialogue and to have. The, the, to ask the right questions so that you can get clarity mm-hmm. baby you have just took you, listen you've you've elevated this conversation to a whole nother level by giving us these tools right real yeah. quick because I, what I'm hearing is all these tools that start with a right mm-hmm. so remove assumption right mm-hmm. uh, you want to ask questions right uh, you want to uh, uh, active, listen actively. Uh, but then I just thought about how you said this. You you want to be able to articulate your needs.
1: Oh, that's good, right?
0: Yes. You need to be able to clearly articulate what you need, mm-hmm. and the way we do that in all of the work that we do with couples and individuals is X Y Z statements. Mm-hmm. When X happens, I experience Y i need z mm-hmm. notice when x happens it's not pointing finger at the right. fingers at the other person and say well when you say this and when you do this, blah, blah, blah." no 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 you frame the language and say when these things happen or when x happens this is what i experience i experience y so you are personalizing right, right mm-hmm. uh, uh what you need right and then you communicate articulate clearly I need Z. And it's it's amazing that when we sit across from couples mm-hmm. and we ask them to do the exercise, the X is easy, the Y is easy. Yeah. Sometimes the biggest challenge is when people have to articulate their Z, yeah. when they have to articulate, clearly articulate, this is what I need. Mm-hmm. And so our goal over the next several weeks, over the next several weeks, is to continue to add tools to your toolbox to help you recognize that you may have this dialect that worked locally, that worked regionally. But listen, God is giving you a global platform. He's taking you outside what just worked in your family. He's taking you outside of what just worked in your hood. He's taking you out of what may have just worked uh, in your circle, your sphere of influence, and he wants to give you More tools, baby. Do you do you realize we're about forty five minutes in, and I haven't even gotten to my notes?
1: I realize it.
0: All right. So what are we going to do? We need to give some parting thoughts. How about that? Mm -hmm. Some parting thoughts, and then we'll pick up next week right where we left off. And uh, we've got uh, some amazing guests lined up. We wanted to start this week and and lay the foundation for the series. He said she said, and the truth. Also, if you have questions or particular topics you would like us to address as part of this series, send us an email to eChurch, eChurch at weareconverged.com. Our, t- our team will compile those questions and, uh, and uh, we'll incorporate it in our, our lesson, in our planning, and in our Content. We're super excited uh, again that you've joined us for this journey, Pastor Wendy. Any final thoughts as we as we close out today's uh, today's message?
1: Well, the final thought I have is something that you've said forever that we got from uh, Jimmy Evans, and that is that in every relationship mm. you have a one hundred percent chance of success mm. if we choose to do it God's way. Come on, and so even though. He's got his part. I've got my part that he said, she said. But when we make a conscious effort and decision to land on the truth, Mm -hmm. that is when we thrive. That is when when we lay down the rope. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can't have a tug of war if somebody throws down the rope. It's no more of a power struggle. That's even if you're a a boss, if you're in leadership um, with your children, with this in any relationship is that if we take these things to heart if we take our personal responsibility yeah. is we do have 100% chance of actually having the relationships that we desire.
0: So good. So good. No, there was more. Why'd you stop? They were
1: Oh, just being conscious of time. Just, okay. Because <laughs> I could go on and on, but I just wanted to, to leave that. I think we've given, you know, a good first bite. Yeah. Uh, for this week and then I, I'm just excited and even mm-hmm. as we're talking it's just like I came into this message thinking oh as I've taken my notes over the last few weeks mm-hmm. oh I've grown mm-hmm. and then as I'm talking I'm like oh yeah but I did just mess up last night with Nia and Levi but I was able to redeem myself because yeah. it wasn't about me being the boss and then me being the mom what I did was land on the truth of who I desire to be so good that's a healthy communicator an active listener and also um, teaching Nia and Levi how to communicate and not just with one another as when, you know, Nia's going to be going to college soon when they're out and they are um, thriving citizens out in society. I want them to learn. So, Guess what? You could be in a relationship that is conflict filled right now, or you could be feeling like you're in relational combat, mm. but just hang with us over the next few weeks. Absolutely, We'll be praying for you. Pray for yourself. You can just say a prayer, Lord, help me to do better. And not that you've done anything wrong, but help me to do and to be better. That means you're opening yourself up. You're stretching yourself to learn a little more, to be a little bit more of what someone else needs. Me, I could just talk, 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 but I've learned, hey, Mm -hmm. I don't have to say everything right now. So me choosing to, okay, I'll be quiet now. You gave me permission to speak (laughs) freely, but me choosing means that it doesn't make me less than or that you're shutting me down. It means that I can have a turn, then it'll be your turn, and it's like that in relationships. If I choose to be something different, something that somebody needs, it doesn't mean that I have to shrink Mm. or be less. My goal is a healthy relationship. So
0: good, baby. So good. And I've got to sort of piggyback off of that and close with this. And and, and this, in my notes, and we're really going to deep dive this next week, but I have to say this. I really feel in this moment compelled to say this because Pastor Wendy reiterated, reiterated, uh, reaffirmed the importance of landing on the truth. And the reason I want to take a moment, just a minute, to say this is because we live in a culture that that emphasizes this phrase, that's my truth. Uh, Listen, the danger of that phrase, that's my truth, is simply that... Is simply this, if we're not careful, we will hold on to what we call our truth so tightly that we don't open ourselves up to the truth. Let me just say this to you, what we often call our truth, and I'm not trying to invalidate what you've been through, what you call your truth should more accurately be described as your experiences. And your experiences, the danger of my truth, which is really your experiences. Listen, you may have dated five guys that were all duds. You may have dated five guys who were all dogs. That doesn't mean that all men are dogs. That was just your experience. And if we're not careful those experiences that we call our truth will now close us off from experiencing the better, the there is more that God has for you in your relationship. So here it is, here it is. The problem with your truth is that what you call your truth is really your experiences. And just because it is your experience doesn't mean that it is universally true. It simply means that that's your dialect. And just because that dialect is spoken fluently and is accepted locally and regionally doesn't mean it is universally true and that it will work in Spain. Listen to me. Truth. There is always an exception to your experience. I want you to hear that. There will always be exceptions to your experience. And it may have been more than just one experience. It may even be a pattern that you've seen. But listen to me. Regardless of the patterns, regardless of the history that you may have in certain areas of your relationships, there are always exceptions to your experiences. Therefore, your truth. What you call your truth cannot be the primary input that guides you. I'll say that again. Your truth, because there are always exceptions to our experiences, what I call my truth cannot be the primary thing that guides me. Because if it is, it will shut me off from experiencing the truth of God's word, which is universal. In fact... It may even be a fact to you, Mm -hmm. but the truth always overrides the facts. Facts are subject to change, Mm -hmm. but the truth of God's word is immutable and unchanging. There was a time when it was a universally held scientific truth or scientific fact (laughs) that the earth was flat. The smartest people in the world at that time believed the earth was flat. It was a fact but the truth is, the earth is round. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and listen, in our own lives personally, there could even be a majority of people who believe what you believe. Wow. There could be a majority of people who have the same truth based on their experiences. But listen to me, there will always be ex- exceptions to our experiences. And that's why Our truth and our experiences can't be the primary guide that informs our decisions. We have to say, he said, she said, this is my dialect, this is my experience, but Father, open me up now to the truth of your word, which never fails. Father, we thank you for this time around your word. I pray, God, that our hearts and our minds will be receptive to the principles, not the preferences, but the principles that we have just uncovered and unpacked in your word. Father, help us to be better, better people, better humans, better friends, better fathers and mothers, better parents, better spouses, better husbands, better wives, better co-workers, better employees. And that in all of our relationships, God, we will seek. To understand and to know your truth and to live it out, even when it's uncomfortable and inconvenient, for your glory, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen and amen. I don't know about you, man, but that just blessed me. And I would be remiss if we didn't close with this, man. I think we've got a whole bunch of people watching from South Africa. I told them this series was coming They were extremely excited about it. So Charles and his family who hosted me in Johannesburg while I was there after the wedding, man, I hope you guys watched and I hope you spread the word and told all of your family members and your friends. It's gonna be an exciting journey. In fact, speaking of an exciting journey, we're supplementing these sermons on Sunday morning with a midweek Bible study. We're gonna be studying Dr. Les and Leslie Parrott's video series called The Good Fight. And in fact, I think we have a roll-in. Uh, we're just going to sign off now. We're going to do a quick roll-in of the content of uh, The Good Fight. And I pray that you can join us every Wednesday night, starting Wednesday, February 9th, I, I yeah. believe it is. This Fe- this Wednesday coming up for the next four weeks uh, at 7.15 p.m. Central Standard Time for The Good Fight with Dr. Les and Leslie Perry, and we'll be able to get into some of the stuff we can't do uh, on Sunday mornings just because of time. Pastor Wendy, one final uh, farewell, one final greeting, and then we'll cut to the video clip.
1: No matter what this week presents to you, the truth is you are loved.
0: Yes, you are. You
1: are valued, and everything you see is subject to change. Mm -hmm. Have a good week. We love you, we'll be praying for you, and we'll see you next week. And we may have a few guests with us.
0: Absolutely, that's the plan. And listen, there is more. God bless you. We'll see you next week.
1: You don't listen. Sex, sex, money. (laughs) He smiled at me and said hi, and you went into a jealous rage. (laughs)
2: So why do we fight? Why do we
1: have so much conflict between us in a marriage relationship?
0: This changes everything. Some research that really gets to the core of why couples fight.
2: Whenever we have a fight, I either cry (laughs) or yell or say really mean
0: However you fight, we want to talk about how you can do it better, how you can use it to your advantage. How to fight a good fight.
2: Let's face it. The fur flies for every couple, but only a few discover this secret. It's how you fight, not whether you fight. Whether you're dating, engaged, newly married, or married for decades, this video series is for you. Learn how
1: to turn every conflict to your advantage. Laugh while you learn, and discover practical advice that you can start using right now. Find out what a good fight can do for your relationship. Big difference between
0: a bad fight and a good fight.
1: And the payoff is so worth it, because when you know how to fight a good fight, it genuinely has the effect of bringing you closer together. Yeah, as as we often say,
0: conflict is the price we pay for a deeper level of intimacy.
2: Even though we fight...
0: I'll always have your back.
2: Always will have your back. I know... After all of it is said and done and over with, I know that we still both love each other. I want you. (laughs) You're stuck
1: like, we're stuck like peanut butter and jelly.
2: If you were impacted by today's worship experience, we'd love to hear from you. Maybe today's sermon was exactly what you needed to hear or you prayed the prayer of salvation for the first time. If so, we've got some information that we'd love to send you to help kickstart your relationship with God. Or if you want more information on how to join our virtual family, please email us at echurch at weareconverged.com. If you'd like to partner with us financially, you can do so online safely and securely by visiting wwwwearconvergedcom forward slash give. Or you can give via text by texting CONVERGE GIVE along with the dollar amount that you'd like to donate to 77977. Also, you can find all this information on our mobile app. Simply search the app or the Play Store for Converge Church Plano and download the app. It's that easy. Thank you again for joining us for today's worship experience. We look forward to staying connected with you.